Mary Magdalene, the Faithful Disciple Mary Magdalene is the last person we will discuss in the series of the six unusual women of the Bible. I indeed saved my favorite for the end. Most people familiar with the Bible know of her, but only a few know the truth. Over the years, Mary Magdalene has been tarnished, misrepresented, played down, and attacked by various non-believers and Christians alike. But before we get into all that, let me tell you what the Bible says about Mary Magdalene. The Bible contains a mere 12 verses about Mary, who was born in the small fishing town of Magdala. Magdala, that sat on the coast of the Sea of Galilee, was a prosperous town, and many biblical scholars agree that Mary was also of good means. She, however, was disrupted by the possession of seven demons. Jesus healed her of this, and she faithfully followed him ever since. Though she is mentioned but 12 times in the Bible, don't let this tempt you to think that this minimizes her importance. She is mentioned more times in scripture than some of the 12 disciples like Thaddeus, Bartholomew, Simon the Zealot, and James the son of Alphaeus. Mary Magdalene was a prominent participant in Jesus' earthly ministry. The Bible says that she traveled with him and financially supported him. Luke 8 verse 2. Whenever the female disciples are mentioned in the Bible, she almost always leads the list, possibly implying her leadership role among the women who followed Jesus. Another worthy fact to note is that though the four Gospels slightly differ in whom they report present at the crucifixion, Mary Magdalene is the singular disciple that all four Gospels concur was at the crucifixion and death of Jesus. This is hugely important. Many of the disciples scattered when Jesus was arrested. The fact that the four canonical Gospels insist that Mary Magdalene is one of the few that stayed with Jesus speaks volumes of her devotion to him. God also chose her to be the first to witness the resurrected Christ and carry this news to the other disciples. This is simply a stellar move on God's part because it shattered the expectations of the people. In those times, a woman's word was less valuable than that of a murderer. I believe that this perhaps causes some discomfort to many Christians of today as well. Even in 2021, many in the church dare not entrust a woman with the task of carrying the gospel to the ends of the earth. But God started with Mary Magdalene. The Bible gives no account of Mary Magdalene past her reporting the news to the disciples. Most scholars agree that she was part of the group that congregated in the upper room awaiting the arrival of the Holy Spirit and also part of the first century church. Even then, there is no biblical account of her story past the Gospels. Unfortunately, where the Bible has decided to stay silent, humans have dared to speak. This amazing woman, whom the Bible treats so respectfully and honorably, has had her name dragged through much slander and all kinds of lies. 
if I'm being completely honest, until a few years ago, I thought that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute who was saved and transformed by Jesus. But neither the scriptures nor writings of the early church fathers associate Mary of Magdala with prostitution. However, many of us have somehow grown up with this picture of her in our minds. Sadly, this lie was birthed in the church and is evidence of how potent unbiblical teaching can be when spoken from a pulpit. With absolutely no biblical basis, in the 6th century, Pope Gregory I declared that Mary Magdalene was none other than the prostitute who wiped the feet of Jesus with her hair. There is no such link made in the Bible. The woman who wiped Jesus' feet with her hair is not named in the Bible. The four gospel writers were very comfortable with using Mary Magdalene's name and sharing of her struggle with the seven demons that possessed her. There would be no reason they wouldn't identify this woman as her if indeed that was the case. The same Pope also somehow came up with a bizarre conclusion that Mary Magdalene was the same person as Mary of Bethany, the sister of Lazarus. It wasn't until 1969 that the Catholic Church admitted to this mistake and clarified that indeed these are three distinct characters in the Bible with distinct stories. However, a lot of damage has been done. Many of the artists from the past and even to date have taken on this faulty interpretation of Mary Magdalene and have and continue to portray her as a prostitute in art, novels, and movies. This propels this falsity forward into generations beyond ours. However, nothing past, present, or future is unknown to God. Perhaps it was his very intentional move that she is so pivotal to the resurrection story. There have also spread the rumors about Mary of Magdala being the wife of Jesus and bearing him children. This is also untrue, unbiblical, and so devious. We must recognize the evil one's futile attempts to undermine the validity of Mary's testimony at the empty tomb. Though from the very beginning he has tried and tried again to sabotage the spread of the gospel, God set it on fire at the word of a woman. It reminds us again that God does not play into the mirage of earthly wisdom and strategy. Why on earth would the gospel writers agree on a woman being the first to see the risen Christ if they were trying to convince a people who thought of women as nothing more than property? They wouldn't, unless it was the truth. Mary the Magdalene is a beautiful reminder that it is possible for a disciple to have a beautiful earthly journey marked by unwavering faith to Jesus Christ. The Irish poet Eaton Stannard Barrett described her faith so beautifully in the short poem named Woman. Not she with traitorous kiss her savior stung, not she denied him with unholy tongue, she, while apostles shrank, could dangers brave, last at the cross and earliest at the grave. Welcome back, Pick Up Your Bible listeners. Thank you for joining us again on this last episode of the Six Unusual Women of the Bible. 
As you've just heard, I just completed the reading on Mary Magdalene. Today I'm flying solo. Uh, De Cruz is unable to join us because his throat is acting up and he wasn't confident that he could sit through a whole recording session without coughing. And so you could be praying for him and for him to recover soon. In the meantime, he was kind enough to um, listen to the reading and send a few questions my way. So I thought I'd just uh, read out the question and then make an effort to answer it. So let's begin. The very first question De Cruz sent was, what do you think was Mary Magdalene's biggest contribution to scripture or to God's people? The four Gospels give us a detailed account of most of the disciples who were very confused by Jesus' actions and choices throughout his years of earthly ministry. They lacked understanding and were stricken with panic at the arrest and trial of Jesus. Many of them scattered, some of them hid. We know Peter denied and abandoned Jesus. What often goes unnoticed about Mary Magdalene is her unwavering faith in the one who saved her. Mary had a steady, quiet faith that kept her following her Savior even into the darkness. She followed Jesus from when she met him, was with him at the cross and at his burial and at his tomb even three days later. This faith gave her the opportunity to be the first to witness the risen Christ. I believe we underestimate the power of this moment. Yes, Jesus probably would have appeared to the disciples who were huddled elsewhere, but Mary Magdalene represents the faith of a disciple who followed him as far as she could humanly go. Let me explain why this is so important. I believe many of us are afflicted with this tendency to limit ourselves by our struggles. We tend to limit our connection with others to relating over common battles. Unknowingly or maybe even knowingly, we block advice and input from those who haven't faced the same struggles and adversities as us. You'd never understand, we tell them. We do this to the extent that it becomes an excuse for our behavior. We make peace with our sin because others, even disciples from the Bible, have struggled with the same sins. If someone like Peter, who was closest to Jesus, abandoned him, it's not that alarming that I would walk away from Jesus when the valley gets deep enough. If James and John struggled with the need for position and power, it's no surprise that as a leader in the church today, many struggle with egos and pride. Mary Magdalene offers us a little glimpse of a disciple who may have struggled with sin, but it didn't cause her to walk away from the one who loved her, saved her, and forgave her. As believers, we need to see this. We need to see that it is possible, and we need to strive to do so ourselves. I believe that this is Mary Magdalene's true and greatest legacy. Question number two, why is she such an easy target? Like I mentioned in the reading, unfortunately, where the Bible chose to remain silent, humans have dared to speak. 
Assumptions spoken as of truth has and will always cause harm. And oh boy, does the devil love to ride that wave we send his way. 1 Peter 5 verse 8, the devil, like a roaring lion, prowls around, searching for someone to devour. He would love to kill the reputation of Mary Magdalene. She was a faithful disciple who was the first to see the risen Savior. Wouldn't he love to have the world question her character, her credibility, and her salvation? Another alarming fact is how many of us believers believe things that we are taught and never know any better simply because we do not read the Bible for ourselves. It's scary how many of us think things are really in the Bible because we just haven't read it and we've just heard it enough. I, I include myself in this. Like I shared earlier, it wasn't until recent years that I cleared Mary Magdalene of all the scandal that surrounds her, even in my own mind. How many of us still think that there were three wise men when the Bible doesn't say three, it just says wise men? This is a simple non-theological matter, but believe me, a lot of us build our theology on others' words. And many who call themselves Christians know more of the Bible through storytelling than reading it for themselves. Just take a moment to fathom all that we could possibly get wrong if we don't fact-check what's presented to us as Bible truth. A.W. Tozer says, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. He's right. We can't afford to let our knowledge of God be simply fed by others' words. We must get into the practice of reading the word for ourselves. We must know the truth for ourselves so that we are not misled and deceived by false teaching. Poor Mary Magdalene has had her name dragged through much dirt. Shame on us that it has propagated even among Christians for so long. But you know what? Lies can circulate for millions of years, but it does not change the truth. God and the Bible hold the untainted story of this beloved disciple of Jesus Christ. And if we care to know it, we can read the truth about Mary Magdalene, whose life was transformed by Jesus Christ in the four gospel accounts. Question number three. Throughout this series, you've brought to our attention six different women who stand out to you. Who would you want to have coffee with today to learn about more? Uh, Cruz, that's a hard question. I can't wait to meet each of these women in heaven. But if it were today and I had to pick one person, it would probably be Eve. Um, I want to know what Eden was like, the Garden of Eden, where God and man walked together face to face. They got to talk to him face to face, where all the animals lived together in harmony and everyone was vegetarian. Um, Did the animals talk? Is that why Eve wasn't surprised when the serpent talked? I don't know, so many questions. Um, But all these women are phenomenal. All of their stories are so, so inspiring um, to 
me as a believer, and I hope through this series I have helped you see a little deeper into their lives to see how God uses people, and in this case women, to bring glory to Him, even in their sinfulness, even in their lack, even with all that they had. He uses all of us for His glory if we are willing to surrender and submit to Him. And I I was so blessed to be able to share this series with you. I hope you've been blessed as well. I can't wait starting next week to bring the stories of current day women, women in my life who I've just been blown away by how they walk with Christ um, in their particular life circumstances and conditions. Experiences we have tends to lead our thinking about God. And these women have um, shown me and challenged me to think of God outside my circumstances, outside the things that I face and meet, and to look into the Word of God and to hold on to His truth. So I'm so excited to bring that to you starting next week. So join us again um, next Wednesday. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave us a rating if you'd like us. Uh, Leave us a comment. We'd love to hear back from you any ideas for improvement any ideas on what you'd love to hear on the podcast and send that to me at cynthia at pickupyourbible.com i'd love to hear from you and until next week listeners god bless you and pick up your bible